Welcome to the Love Where You Live podcast, where we're exploring practical ways to express Christ's love in multiple contexts of life. This is Seth Widener, and over the next few episodes, we'll be talking about how to love in the context of marriage. We'll be offering interviews from real-life married couples to equip you with spiritual insight, relational skills, and tons of encouragement. When it comes to marriage, I realize that every marriage is unique. Psalm chapter 139 verse 14 proclaims, I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So we are all created by this wonderful, powerful, all-knowing, relational God who desires for us to be unique individuals. At the same time, God has also created marriage to blend two unique lives together in a unified relationship. Now, this is easier said than done because we come from different backgrounds, different places of origin, different family systems, different cultures, different political views, different religions, and we often hold different perspectives, opinions, life experiences. Really, the list could go on and on. Yet despite the multiple differences between spouses, God designed marriage to fully unite a husband and a wife together. This unity between a husband and a wife is what I call oneness. So our goal with the next few episodes is to help you enjoy God's design for oneness in the context of marriage. Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. And you know, this verse really stands out from its context. Understand that when God said this phrase, He had already created most of this earth. He created the light, darkness, land, sea, the sky, sun, moon, and stars, vegetation, animals, and even the very first human, a man by the name of Adam. But notice that for the first time in the history of this world, God said that something was not good. It is not good for the man to be alone. You know, to help illustrate this truth, I think back to my bachelor days. Now, whether they will admit it or not, when left alone, a guy will rarely make the right decision. You see, our isolation can majorly hinder our thinking patterns. There was this one particular summer that I was renting a house as a single bachelor. No roommates, just my dog and myself. On a scorching hot summer day, I got bored at my house, so I did what most guys do. I went to my fridge to look for a snack, and since there wasn't much to look at, I noticed this big gallon of milk in the back corner, and so I grabbed it to see how old it was. Now, I don't mean to be gross or anything like that, so let's just say that the milk had expired by several months. And so I did what most guys would do next. I opened it to smell it. And let me tell you, it was beyond the realm of rank. Now, the next thought in my mind was to do what what to do next with this very ripe gallon of milk. I decided to lay the jug of milk in my backyard with the cap sealed tightly in the midst of the scorching summer sun and heat. And I let it sit there to soak up that heat for hours. Then I looked at the now expanding jug of milk. It was absolutely swollen. My next move made perfect sense in my mind. What did I do? I simply went inside my house, got my gun to shoot that jug of milk, and after I shot it, what oozed out 
all over my lawn was this. Well, I will spare you those disgusting details. I simply share this story to illustrate the simple truth that God spoke in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It is not good for the man to be alone. This verse also shares God's solution to Adam's loneliness, which is marriage. In the last half of Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, God says, So I will make a helper suitable for him. Now, in the Hebrew language, God's solution for Adam's loneliness was to create an ezer konegdo for him. This Hebrew term, actually two Hebrew terms, appears about 19 times throughout the Old Testament, and it translates into our English language literally as the life sustainer. Then in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24 says, That is why a man leaves his father and mother and unites with his wife, and the two become one flesh or a new family. You see, God's design for marriage is oneness. And so over the next several episodes, we're going to hear from multiple couples who are experiencing a form of this oneness despite the multitude of differences that they had to overcome together. All right, today I've got my friends Vess and Sierra Nichols here with me to talk about how to love where you live in the context of a newlywed marriage. I've had the joy of officiating their wedding ceremony and also gotten to know them through premarital counseling. So Vess and Sierra, thank you first of all for being my very first podcasting interview. Any initial thoughts of being the very first? Because you guys are like setting the standard, the bar really high. (laughs) Thanks a lot. (laughs) Okay, well, let's kick things off. Let's go in now. Although I know you guys, you know, the people who are listening to this do not. So tell us a little bit about yourselves. Like, how did you guys first meet each other? Well, my name is Sierra, and this is my husband, Vess. We have four children. Two of mine are from a previous relationship, and two of his are from a previous relationship. Um, So we are a blended family. Um, you want to tell how we met? Well, uh, we first met in high school, and uh, we, we used to ride the bus together. And uh, one day I'd come on the bus, and I sat right next to her, and uh, uh, I, I had just got my nipple pierced. And I, <laughs> I, I sat right next to her, and I said, Hey, girl, you know, you you, you want to see something awesome? Something cool. Something cool? And she's like, yeah, what's that? And I lifted up my shirt and I said, look at this nipple. Look at this nipple piercing. And, and Well, she told me that ever since then, she's had a crush on me. And, uh, well, about two years ago, uh, you know, we, we didn't really talk that much after high school, but... About two years ago, uh, we started messaging each other on Facebook and, you know, just to catch up, you know, how you been and, uh, you know, uh, what what have you been doing since high school and, well, then uh, after texting, we started hanging out and uh, our first date, I, I, whenever our date was over, I went up to her and asked her if, if she still had that crush on me since high school and she said, of course, and so I got my first kiss. <laughs> Very nice. So, so for all the guys who would like a wife out there, who maybe they're searching for 
um, that special someone um, for a pickup line would be like show them your body piercings, yeah. uh, wherever they may be. So not just um, any body piercings, nipple piercings. Nipple piercings, <laughs> which kind of leads me to the next question, I guess. Um, every couple has that moment of that initial attraction. So, Sierra, I'm going to let you answer this one first. Um, then we can go to Vess. What attracted you initially, like, the most to each other? Initially, it was his nipple. <laughs> but as I got older and matured, it was his um, his kindness, his gentle soul, and um, his patience. He's a very patient person and very selfless, and he has very beautiful eyes. What, what what attracted me the most to Sierra was the true person that she is, the strong individual uh, mother that she has become. And, I mean, she's done all this herself. Uh, I mean, she, she really is such a strong person. Not only the beauty that I see in her, it, what means most to me is personality and just the strong individual that she is. I mean, she's beautiful inside and out. I know that uh, you listeners cannot see them right now, but um, I think uh, Sierra's glowing after um, that answer. Um, but number three, okay, um, when were you guys married? Uh, I should probably take this one because he'll get in trouble if he answers. Um, October 24th of 2020. So that was, what? Five months ago? <laughs> what is that? I, I will say from my perspective, because I was there, Yeah. it seems like a really long time it ago. It does. And it's probably because, you know, 2020. Yeah. Um, but it seems like a really long time ago. Yeah. I, the, the thing that I remember most about your all, ceremony, your all ceremony was how you all exchanged vows. And I've had the joy of officiating a lot of weddings, and I have yet to see a couple like knock it out of the park in writing their own vows like you guys did. And best when you really got into it, um, that was definitely um, a sight to see. Um, so looking back, hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty. So looking back now that you're married, um, what is something that you guys learned before um, your wedding date that has been really helpful in your relationship with each other? Communication. Always have good communication. If something's bothering you, even if you don't want to tell the other person, you, you need to be honest and open up and let them in so that you all can tackle it together, whatever it is. Yeah, um, that that is one of the main things that has kept us strong and continue to keep us even stronger is communication, is when when we're both on the same page and both of us have the same understanding of any situation and uh, when both of us have an open mind we can tackle anything together that's good that's and just staying on that same page mm -hmm. is huge now once I, i've already said hindsight's 2020 looking back now i'm going to give you guys the opportunity to poke at me because i've already said that i had the joy of walking you guys through premarital counseling what's something that um, that you wish that you would have been told before getting married, like looking back now? Did you have any curveballs or anything? Uh, I don't know. Um, I, 
no, I, I honestly like um, I, I I can't think of not one thing. I do know taking your premarital class uh, not only made us stronger, but made us understand a lot more about God's design for our relationship and how God wants us to live out our marriage and everything. And honestly, just just knowing that and looking into it and reading it straight from the Bible, I mean, that 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 was amazing because there, there was a lot of things in there I didn't know. And, um, definitely helped. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely something that we apply to everyday life, being married. I, I, I honestly, I, I can't think of anything that really yeah. failed us or not that uh, we don't uh, have problems or because every relationship has problems. But I just I don't think you failed us in any way. Well, that. that was your only chance um, to throw any rocks at me during this this interview. Um, now, the three of us, you guys just both mentioned, you know, the the premarital study, the Bible study we did together. So in that, the main I'd say the main point in all of it is Christ's design for oneness. Um, so just from your experience, um, what is it like when you guys are experiencing that oneness or you're on the same page um, in understanding on any given day? Just describe in your own words what that's like as a husband and wife. It's, it's really amazing. Um, it's just like you don't, you're not alone anymore. Um, you don't have to carry the burden of life by yourself anymore. You've got your spouse and you've also got God in your relationship. And it's, it's just an amazing feeling. Just Yeah, it, it truly is an amazing feeling. Uh, I mean, before just trying to find God by myself, I mean, that was a struggle alone. But his design for marriage to have all three of us oneness, uh, that means me, Sierra, and God included. Uh, I mean, it's very powerful, always knowing that I have my wife to fall back on, uh, that she has my back through thick and thin, uh, that no matter what we go through, uh, we know that God has us. And... Uh, honestly, for me, that 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 is truly life life changing. I, there, there's no more struggles. Uh, just because I I have my best friend, uh, I have somebody, not only her but Jesus to, you know, help help me, you know, walk my path that He laid out for me, uh, help guide me, and one um, one of the biggest things that I think is truly amazing that. Her and I do is um, whenever we do argue or have a fight or you know just some some type of you know uh, disagreement, disagreement uh, we can look we can look at the Bible and we can you know put all our problems in God's hands and let Him sort it out for us and He'll tell us straight out of the Bible you know. Vesh, you were wrong. Your wife was right. <laughs> this is how I want y'all to be. Uh, you know, but he, he truly guides us in, in the right direction. That's cool. Um, 
I would say ditto on that, you know, from, from a marriage perspective as well. Um, it's awesome the moments when you just experience it. From a husband's perspective, um, I would echo, and I mean, it, it's, it's great to have Christ in each other. Um, and life kind of feels complete. Now, I wish that every moment, and you guys would probably say the same thing, I wish that every moment was perfect, but um, no marriage is perfect. So what I wanted us to do for the next few moments is just be transparent. If you guys want to highlight um, like, a, like an obstacle of some kind that you guys have faced as newlyweds that, that the Lord has helped you guys kind of push through. Obstacles. Any additional body piercings? Anything no. like that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I would say maybe my issues with communication. Um, God has helped me with that. I tend to just kind of shut myself down and keep everything bottled inside because it. I've been on my own for so long, many years, and it's just been me dealing with stuff on my own, um, you know, before I found Christ and Vess. Um, so sometimes it's hard for me to express things to Vess, um, but I do pray about it, and God has helped me um, be more open and more honest with Vess um, about issues that I'm having or anything like that. Um, what about you? Lean into that mic, Vess. Well, we've definitely had our struggles, and God has helped us through every one of them. Um, You know, struggles just through communication on how each one of us feels. um, Down to just taking out the trash. (laughs) Um, but I mean, uh, I, I can't really think of, uh, any situation particular, but what I do know in our relationship that is any struggle or anything, any obstacle that Sierra and I has gone through, Jesus Christ has been right there by our side to lead us in the right path, the right direction, to work it out, to make us stronger to understand each other better uh, for us to have a stronger relationship with each other and with Jesus uh, just all, all in one yeah that's that reminds me that is something I do pray about often is um, to have more understanding of each other and more patience with each other um, so I'm, I'm not a very patient person this is, but I'm not. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> <laughs> so that is something I pray for often, and I think God is really helping me in those areas also. Sierra, you said something earlier that that I think was really kind of like an aha moment of, I think one of the biggest obstacles that we can face is we're used to one way of life, and then we try to jump into marriage with someone else, and just in, that in itself yeah. can be a huge obstacle. So, um, 
let's say, let, let's imagine right now, because of course we cannot see the viewers, anything like that. Let's imagine that there's a couple out there that's thinking about getting married. So as a newlywed couple, um, give me one encouragement that you would have for them and then also one, um, one piece of advice that you would give them to definitely kind of try to accomplish going into marriage. One encouragement. Hmm. Put it in God's hands. <laughs> yeah. I mean, period. Uh, my piece of advice would be to always keep God at the center of your relationship. And as long as you do that, everything else should fall into place. Um, he should be number one um, above your spouse or anybody else. He should be number one and you all should seek him together. That'll make you guys stronger. So I'm going to throw you all one curveball. I'm going to reword that second question just in hearing that answer because I don't want to ask two redundant questions. Let, let's imagine that there's a newlywed couple out there struggling right now. Um, what piece of advice would you give to them? Communicate. Find out what the um, the root of the problem is. Be honest with each other. I mean, they're they're your spouse. They're your your other half. Your best friend. If you can't talk to them about something, then you can't talk to anybody about something. You should be able to be transparent with them, so that you all can tackle something together. Whatever it is, you all need to fix it together, not on your own. That's good. You can let her have the last word, Vess, or you, 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 you can have the closing <laughs> remark. Yeah, she got that one. Okay. I usually do. Okay. Good deal. It sounds like you guys are working things out, and I'm glad uh, that I've gotten to know you guys. I'm really appreciative of, of you guys taking time out of the week to come by and stop by and have this interview with me. And um, I'm sure that the folks that are going to be listening to this, that they're very appreciative as well. So thanks for joining me today. Um, and I'm sure I'm going to be in touch. I mean, we go to the same church together. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure I'll see you guys on Sunday. All right. Thank you. Now, before we close out this episode, I want to highlight one additional resource. Back in 2012, I published my very first book titled One Flesh Revolution, Start, Strengthen, and Sustain Marital Oneness. It's packed with scripture, practical advice, and real-life stories of couples who are choosing to walk in oneness together. And this book is available on Amazon. Almost every penny that I make in royalties goes directly to feed hungry children. Mine. You see, Melissa and I are blessed with three kids, Judah, Ellie, and Brielle. And Lord willing, number four will be born in early August. And let me say this, in all seriousness, I did not publish this book for money. I published it because I believe that today's couples are weighed down by the lies of our culture. And what we need is a generation of husbands and wives 
Choosing to Walk in God's Design for Marriage. So if you'd like a copy of my book and simply cannot afford to purchase one, simply email me, sethwidener at me.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, hey, help me get the word out about this new Love Where You Live podcast. Subscribe and share it with your friends. And if today's episode has touched your life in some way, send me a message and let me know about it. Join us for next week's episode as we explore how to love in the context of an interracial marriage. I'll be interviewing some more friends of mine who will share their life experience with us. Until then, I hope you have a great week and don't forget to love where you live. 